We are delighted to partner with Jane Plan, the UK's leading weight management system, for this season. Use unique code TWC50 for an incredible £50 off at www.janeplan.com. Our outcomes are to look after mommy like she's done for us. And there's four of us here and there's some partners involved too. You either want to do it or you don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it, excuse me, get out of the way so you can make way for somebody else that does want to do it. But what I've told everybody, and this is a really important thing that I've said, I manage people's expectations so well because my mum doesn't deserve to be treated like the poor little child who's waiting for her father or mother to come every other weekend. Yes? And that's the analogy I use. So I don't, I don't overpromise and underdeliver. And welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. How's your mum, Liz? She's good. Good. That's excellent. <laughs> she is good. Seriously, she's very good. I'm very pleased. Getting out still, though she's not driving, in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Happy bunny. Happy bunny. And my 89-year-old mother is still doing well. And she's actually reluctantly agreed that she really likes living in her community living um, place which she was, you know, she did not want to move a couple of years ago. She was fiercely independent, but she's she's maintained that independence, actually, and made some friends. We're all the same. We don't necessarily like change. Doesn't matter what age you are. Oh, I like change. I'm, oh, actually, I move every five minutes. minutes. Actually, Michelle, have you done This is the longest <laughs> yeah. I've ever lived anywhere. Yeah, and you, you haven't moved your sofa for at least three weeks. No, that's true. Oh, my gosh. James was on the phone the other day, and I'd said, oh, I, I really found like the sofa going over here. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I thought, bugger it, it is. So he got on a conference call. It was about 40 minutes. By the time he'd finished, I had completely rearranged all the furniture, including dragging a really, really heavy pine table. It's really heavy, isn't it? Mm. Like, it's yeah. really heavy. So I, yeah, I don't listen to anybody. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a kid. So my mum, <laughs> I would go up to my bedroom and, it wasn't big, uh, I, I, like tiny, You'd, single bed, had a teeny weeny little sofa in and, uh, you know, chest of drawers. But my God, I did every single permutation that I could possibly think of moving the bed to this wall, to that wall in the middle over there. And I would, I would just, I don't know, something in me. Just driven to continue. Um, no continually, comment. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, it is kind of part of my life in every which way, isn't it, that I'll start something. Do you know what? I was actually putting moisturiser on my face and I went and did something else. And I just get so distracted. <laughs> it wasn't squirrel, a face mask and then go <laughs> All the time. Oh, my God. Got to stop it. Anyway, we got a guest on today. We have and she's lovely. She is lovely. If you ever look at uh, Michelle Robinson, Michelle Griffith Robinson, in fact, if you look at her socials, you'll see she's bright and sparkly and she puts so much effort into causes that she's really into. She just oozes. Yeah. Enthusiasm, and confidence. Yeah. And, yeah. So we Passion. thought we'd have a little chat about confidence in midlife. And she seemed like the perfect person to talk to about it. Let's bring on Michelle. So our guest today represented Great Britain in the triple jump at the 1996 Summer Olympics and three times at the Commonwealth Games. She was the first woman to jump over 14 metres at the Commonwealth Games. And to put that into perspective for you, that is the height of three and a quarter double-decker buses. 
These days, she's a successful personal trainer and coach, a motivational speaker, a busy mum of three, and throws herself into campaigning for the menopause charity, menopause mandate, diabetes UK, and mentoring for the Dame Kelly Homes Trust. We also love that she's part of Hello Magazine's Menopause Workplace Pledge campaign. And she is one of the most energetic, radiant, wonderful human beings that Liz and I have had the opportunity to chat to. So welcome, Michelle. It's good to see you again. So lovely to see you, ladies. And thank you so much for having me again. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak to you both. And just to say, it's nice to be able to um, do a podcast with two amazing ladies as well. You know, so um, good on you guys for, you know, grabbing all us women together and using our expertise and our excellence. So thank you both. Well, thank you. Honestly, you are a joy and you are full of energy. You give so much back. I would imagine that your family must be very proud of what you do using your platform. And um, we were just talking before we came on properly that what you have done is is quite incredible. Starting as a, an athlete, what's that, 20 years ago now? 20 years ago? 30 years ago. Oh, stop it. Let's just call it 20, shall we? That's annoying. It's at least 38 years ago. That <laughs> That's started. crazy. I actually started at age 12. But when you were at comp- competing at that level I absolutely love the way your your life's journey has changed so much and you are still such a role model for for so many people and as I said you use your platform so articulately to get messages across I know diabetes is a big thing for you you are a menopause warrior like us we love sharing that message tell us about what it is that makes you tick what makes you have passion well I I think that um Everything you've just said there doesn't happen by accident. You know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to take your your passion and put it into purpose, you know. Uh, And I'm very intentional about what I want to achieve. You know, I want to empower the potential, uh, empower and unlock the potential of women and girls. That's my brand. That's my strap line. That's what I see. That's what I get up for in the morning. You know, having two little girls as well. I say little, they're now 17, nearly 20 and a 10-year-old son, I want to be the role model. I don't want them to go out there and be looking for role models. I want to be the real model that they wake up to or they have, a, you know, I'm in, I'm in reachable, touchable distances to them. So it's because I know what my why is, you know, I, I want to be able to stand up and be counted, you know, don't just be lip servicing, don't just want to tick a box. Um, and that's why, you know, I've, I've got that fire in my belly from my mum. Your mum. Let's talk about your mum because she's a gorgeous, she's never seen without lipstick, is she? <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> My mama, you know, um, God, God bless my mama. You know, um, she's been through a really tough, tough time over the last four years. And you know, one of the things I said is, I, I will write a book. And I, I know we try and keep on track with this podcast, but you know, sometimes we go off track. But you know, four years ago, you know, my mum had um, nearly five years ago, she was diagnosed with um, stomach cancer. In fact, I'm lying. It's four years in November. She was diagnosed with stomach cancer. She had her stomach removed. Um, straight from that, she lost five stone in, a, in an instance. You know, she went from being a, a nice size 14, 16 lady to a size six to eight. Um, um, but luckily, she didn't have to have any chemotherapy. And again, you know, my mum would always say, count your blessings, you know. She didn't have to go through that horrid chemotherapy that can really wipe you out. Um, and touch with the cancer has never returned. But since then, she went straight into COVID. She lost her husband of 35 years to COVID. So that was very difficult for mommy again. Then straight from there, we saw signs of, you know, like it triggered like early dementia problems. 
And then obviously Diabetes UK is why I'm an ambassador because mommy then had a leg amputated earlier on this year. Oh my gosh, Michelle, I did not know about her leg amputation. Oh, bless her. It's for somebody that's so vivacious, um, it, it's a massive blow. You know, mommy would be the one that'd be going up to Brent Cross Shopping Centre with her lipstick on, dressed up. My love and fashion, my love and passion for clothes is for my mum. You know, my mum loves to dress up. She loves to see me dressed up. And actually, I get that all from my mum. She loves fashion, she loves dance and she loves music. And she still loves it, but now she's incontinent and in a wheelchair, you know. And, you know, she'd hate me saying this, but mommy's journey is, is tough. Um, earlier on this year, we thought we were going to lose mommy. Um, and um, I'm very glad that mommy's steely attitude and mentality is she almost said, F you to the doctors. I ain't going anywhere yet. And we're now 10 weeks in and she's taken her off palliative care. And, you know, no, she's not going to be here forever, but who is? Well, what you're describing, Michelle, is, I mean, yours is a very dramatic case and your mother has clearly been formidable in in coping with all of this but it does affect family as well so much there's so many of us in the same position where we've hit our 40s or our 50s and we're now looking after caring for our parents to one degree or another and I if you don't mind me saying you've moved recently haven't you so does that geographically make it even harder for you to dip in and out and and care for her and see her well to be honest I, I moved out of um London 15 years ago. So I moved to Canterbury first for my husband's work. Then I moved to Devon five years ago. And now we've moved to South Wales. So I'm actually closer to mommy who's based in London now. So she's only two and a half hours away and, you know, two hours by train now. So it does make it very difficult. It makes it difficult as well. And I'm sure many women will understand and appreciate being the only female, you know, three older brothers that you do orchestrate things and make things happen. And that's the beauty of recognising as strong females that we do make shit happen. Well, it does fall to you very much, though, doesn't it, I think, as a, as a female? And yet two and a half hours, mm, could you do it in a day? Yeah, of course you could if you needed to, but it's not easy, and you are a busy woman with a platform of her own. That's a lot to juggle with. How, how do you care for yourself in that situation as well? It, it's, um, um, you know, I guess for everybody listening out there, it's not easy, and I won't pretend, you know, July, August I had, or June, July, August I had some three months of really digging deep, you know, and, you know, turning down a lot of work and keeping myself to myself because it was hard. It's hardcore. It was hardcore. You know, times where I'm just like, geez, this layered on top of, you know, menopausal symptoms and younger children and GCSEs and one at uni and a little child of 10 and plus my husband and myself, it got on top. So, you know, when people see me there and yes, you will see me generally very glamorous. You know, I love fashion, my lipstick, my makeup whatever hair colour I choose to have on that day. But I've had to dig bloody deep. And um, I'm lucky to say that right now I'm in a place where I'm feeling very content. Um, Mommy's kind of out the other side a little bit. Of course, we don't know what the future holds. Um, and Mommy is my best friend. My mum's uh, my mum is my hero. I am because of my mum. And um, that allows me to keep going. And, you know, when she sees little articles of me in Hello Magazine or on you know, I'm a columnist for women's health and she sees me write and I read them out to her and I say, she's like, yes, Miss Manda, that's a wicked article. Yes, because back in my days, women wouldn't talk about menopause. Yes, it's good that you're doing that. Yes, let them know that it's normal. Let's normalise it. And, you know, that's and that's where I am all over. So the juggle is very real for all those. We're the sandwich generation. 
it's we are the same it's very tough um but you cannot do it without the support system and also you must ask for that support there's no shame in saying do you know what guys i'm struggling there's no shame in that or taking a step back sometimes and just saying i need a bit of respite care myself you know mentally emotionally if you don't mind me asking you said you've got brothers how does it affect your sibling relationships when you're taking on a bigger portion of the pie in caring. I know with my sister, I have a lot of guilt because she does more than me. I still do as much as I feel I'm able to do, not living on the doorstep, but I have so much guilt and I feel bad and that has affected our relationship because we've got no time to be friends anymore. It's either her looking after mum or I'm looking after mum and I hope one day we come back to finding that sister sister friendship. How do you handle it? Michelle, that's put really nicely, and I'm going to reframe that because um, I think that sometimes when we use the word looking after as well, that's like we're looking after a child. Um, and I know for one, from my mum's, through my mum through my mum's lens, she doesn't want to be heard or seen the word looking after. So how do we manage to pay attention and care for mummy? Is how I'm going to say it. How do we care for mummy? Because she deserves of care. Like I'm sure your mum is deserving of care from you and your sisters. So my brother lives down there in London with my mum. My two brothers don't live too far. I live the furthest away. I am the more hands-on in terms of strategically putting things in place financially, um, emotionally, getting the care in place. But because I've got that relationship, and sometimes it does get a little bit like volatile, like, but you said that I could have the weekend off. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. let's stop and understand what our purpose and outcomes are our outcomes are to look after mommy like she's done for us and there's four of us here and there's some partners involved too you either want to do it or you don't want to do it if you don't want to do it excuse me get out the way so you can make way for somebody else that does want to do it but what i've told everybody and this is a really important thing that i've said i manage people's expectations so well about my mummy and I manage my mum's expectations. So I don't say to mummy, mummy, I'm down next week. I say, mum, I will call you on Wednesday and I'll potentially see you on Thursday or Friday. I'm not promising. Because my mum doesn't deserve to be treated like the poor little child who's waiting for her father or mother to come every other weekend. Yes? And that's the analogy I use. So I don't, uh, I don't overpromise and under-deliver. I think yeah. the cool, cool bit that's like my mother, she she does, you know, she she's very independent. She's been on her own for a long time, but it's a cool, she, she asked me to call her now, which she never used to. And and that's, I think it's her pride. She doesn't want me to go and visit as much as perhaps she wants me to, but I think it's the same thing. It, it is, it, call them, but, you know, they, they're, they, if they're on their own there, they're expecting that call. You're absolutely right. And manage the expectations. Don't you find if you've ever been in the house on your own, my husband's travelled a lot and I, I've often been on my own. And with the kids gone now, I could go a day or so and not speak to anybody. And my mum says, if somebody doesn't call her every morning, how will we know if she's still alive? Because absolutely, you don't know at 89 when you go to bed if you're going to fall over in the night. God bless your mama. 89, mommy's doing good. Yes, she's doing good. And I think it's our right and I think society has to step up and say, actually, guys, in 20 years' time, 25 years' time, I want my child to be phoning me. 
I want their wives to be bringing me a little dish, a little meal. I'd want someone to, so we can plan our lives around half terms because that's my husband's in education. So that's for Matthew and the kids to come up. So I say, right, every half term we're going to see grandma. That's a must. Yeah, that's a given. So it's about making sure that that's almost inside the framework of how we see our life moving forward. Because we're all going to get old. By the grace of God, we're here to get old. Yeah, so it's, that's why I do feel some guilt sometimes because I'm not seeing mum for 10 days a week. But also as well, on top of that, I have a level now, and I put it in place now, of managing all those around me. And I say to my, my brothers all the time, if you know you can't commit to something, don't just say you can to please mommy. Don't do that. Because mommy's not demanding. I just want to say, sorry, first thing I should say is my mum is not demanding at all. Never has been, never will be. It's not her personality. She's, Michelle, you have your kids. Go and look after your kids. No, Michelle. No, I'm fine. She's 83 years old. I've, got, I've done my gig. Please look after my grandkids. So she accepts the fact of my responsibility. She accepts the fact that I can get pulled and pushed. She accepts my work. She also said, you know, you've got your marriage. So she's not demanding. So that makes it even easier for me too. Do you think your training as a life coach, well, I, it has to have helped you. It has to have helped you manage this situation in a way that I know for sure many, many, many women in midlife are pushed and pulled, feel guilty, feel like they don't do enough, feel like they're put upon too much. I almost feel envious. Is that a weird thing to say? I feel envious of your capabilities and skill set to handle this in a way that doesn't end up in confrontation with siblings because you're honest from the outset. And maybe as well that within your life, you, before your mother got elderly and needed more help, not looking after, but needs more help. I mean, my mum, if she can't see her medication, she can't take it. She's blind. Um, she needs somebody. It's it, but I. It's a weird kind of. God, I wish I'd had your skill set earlier on, so that I didn't mess up some of my sibling relationship, and I didn't constantly feel guilty. It does come down to my coaching. My coaching has helped me enormously navigate life. Enormously, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do mess it up. I f it up. Sorry, guys, I do. But on the whole, it allows me to think. Okay, stop. Reflect. How could you reframe what you're saying? So, you know, one of my brothers, you know, he, it's, it's a lot on him and we recognise it's a lot on him. And it's just circumstantial that he's been around at my mum's house. So we know it's a lot on him. So he was, you know, let's say kicking off the other day, they didn't think it was, and I said, absolutely, it's not fair. What can we do to support more? What can, and just asking those questions. And I say to everybody all the time, what can we do to support more? How can I best support you? Yeah, not just your mum, but within the family circle as well. Family circles. And your, your relationship with your sister, for example, Michelle, which does happen all the time. We hear this all the time. Um, I often say, guys, I realise that this is layered because we have got an urgency here. So it's, it, it's not going to be forever. It's not going to be forever. So let's try not to make it so fractious. And I watch my brother kicking off or, you know, saying things that I think, oh, that's a bit mean. Why are you behaving like that? But I recognise stress and pressure causes these reactions. So it's taking a step back 
not taking it too personally and recognising that's stress and pressure. It's like when a woman's had a newborn baby. Are you coming out? What do you mean am I coming out? I can't even get the bloody baby out of the house. That's not her being mean. She's stressed. She's feeling undercosh. And that's the same way. So that allowing me that space to navigate it a little bit better. Yeah, because your mum doesn't want, you know, you, you, you arguing, your siblings arguing. That's the worst thing that can happen. No, no, she doesn't want that at all. Mommy doesn't want that at all. She doesn't want that. She, mommy will say to her, no, kids, come on. And that's why I said to my brother, don't be saying about, oh, looking after. Just say, mum, we just know you need a little bit more of our time than you used to. If, like me, you're looking to lose weight, then take a look at Jane Plan. Jane Plan is the UK's leading weight management system that creates deliciously healthy meals and delivers them directly to your door. Together with their support, you'll lose weight, feel healthier, happier and more in control of your eating habits. Created by nutritionist Jane Michelle, Jane Plan is the easy and healthy way to lose weight. All your breakfasts, lunch, dinners and snacks are pre-prepared, perfectly portioned and nutritious taking the worry away when it comes to managing your weight. There's no calorie counting, no weighing, no complicated recipes to follow, and virtually no shopping either. In fact, all you need to do is heat and eat. And with personalised support from their qualified nutritionists, you'll join over 100,000 Jane planners who have lost weight and kept it off. Well, let's go back to your remarks about being the sandwich generation, because that is where we in our 40s and 50s find ourselves landed. We're looking, we are taking care, we're carenting our parents. We're also looking after our kids as they navigate school life and then into university or to careers. So we are stuck in the middle, um, often neglecting ourselves, often at a time of flux in our hormonal life of menopause. And can you offer any advice on how to handle being the ham in the sandwich, HRT has helped me. I will say that because I was fractious with the kids, guilty with my mum. My poor husband came at probably about number seven after the dog. But HRT, I will say, has helped me level out my hormones and be less of a horrendous biatch. In fact, Amen. Yeah, I think he says a prayer to HRT most days. Now I've returned to normality. Would you have any advice on how to deal with those, that balance, that, that overwhelming burden that we find ourselves in, plus a time when mentally we're also, are we feeling old? Is our skin changing? Is our body creaking a bit more? We're questioning ourselves yeah, as well. And our lack of confidence with potential anxiety and panic attacks, which lots of women suffer from at this age. That's a lot bundled up in there, I'm afraid. So unpick all that as you will. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and unpick and unravel some of that. I recognise I recognize that everyone is different. That's number one. One size doesn't fit all. So my suggestion is only on from my own personal experiences. And if I was mentoring a midlife woman, which I do mentor a lot of midlife women and coach a lot of women, but mentoring it obviously where I give my opinion. Coaching is where I, I ask them the questions. They've got the answers within. Um, I say to them, you can't do it all. You can't have it all at the same time. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. Uh, you can have it all. You can have the kids, the husband, da, 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 but you can't have happiness all the time. It's bullshit. Take it out away from you. Manage your expectations. That is not realistic. There's going to be some dips and roll, roller coaster rides, you know, where some days you're feeling, yeah, I can do this. Boom, 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 boom. 
But 20% of the time you're like, you know what, this is hard. Gosh, I'm struggling. So again, I use the word managing expectations really well. And I say work on 1% being better than you was yesterday. So for everybody out there listening, you want to be 1% better than you was yesterday. So that might be, do you know what, instead of going out for a five-minute walk, I'm going out for a 10-minute walk today. Yeah, or six-minute walk today. It might be, do you know what? I'm going to plan a coffee morning for a couple of friends, not for a big group. I'm going to put something in the diary that excites me. I'm going to start to realise what brings me joy. I'm going to also start to realise I can't do it all. Because I think we get the overwhelm because we're putting so much pressure on ourselves for perfection to do it all at the same time. And we can't. We can't. It's not realistic. I can't be up in Parliament empowering every woman out there, thinking everything's great, and then I've got my mum that's exceptionally poorly and I'm putting on a brave face. I can't do it. Because for one, that's not being real. It's not being authentic. And it's painted a picture that perfection is out there, and it's not. It's not, it's not right. Yes, I train most of the time. I get out and I move most of the time. But for weeks, I haven't done absolutely hardly anything compared to what I'm used to doing. But also, I'm okay. I've got to cut myself some slack. And that's how you care for yourself by saying, has anybody died? No. Am I okay? Yeah, I'm not bad. Be kind to myself. It's a transition. I'm struggling, owning up, speaking up. But just 1% better than I was yesterday. Take the small wins. Small wins is important, isn't it? Because I think it's all so easy. Everybody says, you know, put yourself, give yourself a break, get some respite care. It's not that easy. Sometimes our parents don't want respite care. They, they're not willing to go anywhere else. They want to stay in their house. So maybe there is no respite care. So those small wins, as you say, you know, even a walk per day can just help you mentally get through your long, long list. Absolutely. I'm, I'm famous for my lists and it's interesting what Michelle just said because I was just saying about the list. I've got a home list and a sort of a, a podcast list, as I call it. And the top of my list for home was go for a walk, which because I, I try to go for a walk every day. I take the dogs out most of the time. But I don't do the walk that I want to do, which sounds silly, but oh, it's a different yeah. walk. A dog walk, you're just doing the walk and not thinking it's just different walk. Oh, my God, that's br- different walk. Yeah, yeah, because actually you're walking the dog. The yeah. dog is getting the walk. Mm. You're not getting the walk. Your dog's coming out of there bouncing and feeling good, but actually that's not the walk I want to do. Well, no, because the walks I go, we've got two different dogs. I'm not going to this, but, you know, I can't just look around so much. And I, I do love looking around and I love my garden and plants and stuff. I can't want to go to the dog because they're pulling and sniffing and so, calling them back, yeah. So going for a walk just for the joy of it. Mm. And I, 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 that was yesterday. I wrote that down on my list. I'm glad it's on your list. I hope you do that after we've recorded this, obviously. I'm going. Come on, Liz. But as you said, I think it is the managing expectations, and I really like that because I was talking to my mum at the weekend and because she, she doesn't drive anymore. It, it's her pride. She doesn't want so much you know help but she needs to be taken shopping she needs to you know go to the garden center support and it's how can i best support support is a better word than help caring you looking at you I, how can i care for you i don't i'm not a child these people have stood on their own two feet for 80 90 years you know who the bloody hell are we to come saying how can i look care for you look after you it's demeaning it actually is mm. you're right I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you've just reframed it for me 
that it's patronising, isn't it? Reframe, it's bring in mind, we know it's still the same outcome, yeah? We know it's still the same outcome. Mum, M- Michelle, why are these carers here? Mum, they just come to give you a bit more support because you've only got one leg now. Oh, because there's a lot of them. I said, Mum, you know, you know why? Because they've each got the individual skill set to offer you. And that, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm at peace with that. So it's just about reframing. So what I would say to all our listeners out there is reframing, number one. Number two, manage expectations and be 1% better than you were yesterday. And can I just add, what you have just demonstrated there is a bit of honesty. Absolutely, Major. We're not talking to a child. We're talking to an adult who managed to bring us up, put us out into the world. Let's just talk one-to-one. And that's, and but again, at WIP, Work in progress. And we should ask for support when we need it too. I mean, not everybody is lucky enough to have the funds to go to a life coach. I I wish we all were because I know that people in my family have benefited so much from being slid back on track by a life coach who just listens. But there is help for, for carers out there through, I mean, there's not as much domiciliary support as there should be, quite honestly, but there is help and there's, you know, benefits and Things allowances, that, yeah. yeah, allowances that the government have put into absolutely. Place. I mean, you know, that that in itself is a, is a minefield, you know. And again, I would, I really do need to share that, you know, I was um very, very lucky that when I started looking for support, financial support, which I don't give mommy much because mommy has an enormous pension, being an NHS worker for forty seven years, you know. But there was a lady there called Laura from Age Concern, and I tell you what, I sat and cried on the phone to this lady. She helped me enormously. I said, I don't even know where to start. So straight away, you're letting go of the barriers of, I need your help. Can you guide me? Please, can you guide me through this? She rang up to Friday, blue badge, this allowance, that allowance. You can't get that, but you can get that. You might be able to get that, but you can get that. Backdate it to that. Little golden nuggets, because that's her field of expertise. Yeah, it's finding all the people. Go to the experts and it doesn't have to cost money either, does it? Like Age Concern yeah, is concern. amazing. They've got, yeah, I was looking on their site today, actually, and Age UK, they they also have brilliant lists to go through and help you assess your needs. It's funny, Michelle, we, we, we were going to talk to you all about confidence, but I, but I think the conversation that we've ended up having has been so important and will help so many people and in itself gives you confidence to ask for support. Absolutely, Michelle, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, Michelle, actually, you have ended up sticking to your title because it's having the confidence to manage and navigate this stage of our life. Oh, you've been magnificent, Michelle. And I really appreciate you sharing, you know, a very emotional part of your life because you do share a lot on social media. And, you know, you are there dressed in emeralds or future pink looking fabulous but it is important for people to know that underneath that bright sparkly exterior sometimes we all crumble sometimes we need help Liz absolutely ladies absolutely and if if there's anything I can do to let people know be authentic we're not all going to be there looking all glam lashes on makeup flawless clothes pristine colors bold Sometimes it's real life shit that is hard work. And that's okay too. It is. Thank you very, very much. That was amazing.
My pleasure, darling ladies. And thank you for all the work you continue to do. Thank you for supporting the menopause um, mandate, supporting the charities that are out there that mean a lot to midlife women. And um, you know what? Together we are definitely stronger. Well, I think that was one of the most, I don't know the word, well, definitely enjoyable, but interesting podcast we've ever done. I agree. I At the end, when we were talking to Michelle there, I literally had goosebumps because some of what she said, obviously some of what she said, I've been dealing with and I know, but some of it, I think, God, I wish I'd known that years ago because it would have saved such a lot uh, of heartache. Of heartache, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> snap. But it is, it's that guilt, but it shouldn't be guilt. And we shouldn't treat our parents like children. No, it is disrespectful when they are smart human beings that have brought us up and into the world and navigated. Well, just think what they've navigated over the last few decades. We're going through a tough time, it seems. And I know there's a lot of mental health issues, but, you know, they have navigated the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, my mother was in the war. Well, yeah, my mum was yeah. in the war. Yeah. They've seen stuff that I hope we never do and haven't done so far in our lifetimes. But then to treat them like children... We don't mean to. It's no. just that, you know, my mum does say that to me. She goes, stop stop treating me like a child that, that recently. And that, because she was getting out of the car and I was worried the door would hit her. And then I thought, if it hits her, she's going to have a bruise. And it was absolutely right. And I was right and she admitted it. But it was just that moment she was just cross because she knew that, that she it was too heavy for her. I mean, her car is too, you know, it is a heavy car. She was cross with me and she's quite right to be. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? And I it? think, you know, so often I've been impatient because perhaps mum hasn't heard things the first few times or, um, you know, she still wants to do things her way. But Michelle is right. There is a reason we are helping them. There is a purpose to our helping them. And we must keep that front and foremost, that these are dignified human beings who deserve our respect. And... As she said, it's not forever. It's not forever. We, it, sometimes it can seem like a long, long time. I mean, I, my mum had a bit of a scare several years ago. And we, we really didn't think she would last that long, but she's formidable. And, you know, there a lot of older people are built of steely stuff and keep going. So it is relentless in some ways for families to deal with this parenting situation because it can go on for years and years. One thing I did for my sister, and it was guilt, but actually I loved doing it for her in the end. Do you remember I, I said I was going to dog sit? Mm. Because I said to her, why don't you go away on holiday and I'll have your dog? Because she's never left the dog anywhere in kennels. She That dog is her child. She hasn't had children. So the dog is her child. And I realised that for her to let someone else look after it, that's a, that's a big thing, actually. And I thought she was going to say no. But she went away for a week. I had the dog. I loved having the dog back in the house. I gave her freedom and I'm absolutely willing to do it again. And it assuaged a little bit of my guilt of how much more she does and how much more she takes on day to day than I am able to do because I've got children and I travel with my husband. I've got kids in a different country and I do a lot sort of like for community and I do this podcast. So you could call that work if you like. Work. You know, it is work. So I'm pulled in different directions and I do appreciate so much what she's done, but sometimes I don't always show it. I, I can't answer that one because I don't know. I don't know your sister very well. What I can, can I bring you back to is you said you've got children. And as Michelle said, our children, 
they they can go and visit their their grandparents as well. And as they get older, like my niece spends a lot of time with my grand her, her grandmother now, so they can take some of the. It's not a not not the. It's a difficult. You're way looking of saying, for the word burden, but you don't want to use say, the word yeah, burden. Exactly. Yeah, they they won't spend time with them, you know, with their grandparents. They've only got grand, my grandmother now, but you know, I think we forget that. I don't encourage necessarily my children to go that often to see because they they're busy, but and they don't think. But if actually, I'm sure it was built in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It was built I into, the, you know, sort of that it was a natural thing. Because I'm thinking as I'm getting older, I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Well, I think the difference is as well, we're not all living in the same street. No. You know, it's hard. You know, your mother lives quite far. You'd need a car or, you know, you've got a train out there. And it, it's true. If you lived up the road and your kids are in a different country. But it is the fact is maybe maybe we should encourage them. encourage it mm. and, and you know mm. it, it's it's having a plan well in advance which is what Mil was, michelle was saying wasn't she was you know think about it she does it every week every half term she takes the kids but even then that that's is that well that's the other thing isn't it i've realized that my mum only gets to see the kids with me or with james as well it would be nice to encourage that singular relationship even if it's just a phone call my mind, yeah, the phone call. My mind do my they do like to with a lot of WhatsApping. They WhatsApp. My, my mother seemed to know a lot about my more about my children actually when I saw it this weekend than I did because they do WhatsApp, which is which is great and that is an amazing thing because you know WhatsApp they can do that one on the train you know when they're not they're not you know and I think that's wonderful about technology. But I think it's I'm thinking about myself. I'm getting older. What I don't want to be, you know that it's not burden on my children. But everyone says burden, but how. Got to plan it now. Set the expectations. Manage the expectations. Manage the expectations. You'll be looking after me, won't you? <laughs> I'll bring you around a cup of tea. Actually, I'm out of tea bags. Have we got any tea bags? I've got loads. Um, well, that is it, I think. What an enlightening conversation and something that I, I do feel will resonate with many, many of our listeners. As usual, we'll put some resources up on our website, which is Liz. Twoofinchatting.com. And do use it because... Places like Age UK, Age Concern, Carers, there are things out there that will help you. But unfortunately, you ha- they're not going to come to you. You have to go out there. You've got to make the step. You've got to apply for the benefits, the allowances, the blue badge to drive, um, get the help in when you need it. But they're the experts. They're the people that know. So give them a call. Yeah, Don't be afraid to ask for support and to take a break. Or even, as Liz said, go for a walk just for the joy of it. I'm off now. (laughs) So that's all from us. Chat soon. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 